High FM Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose. Stephen Ambrose. Good morning and welcome to this lovely, rainy, grey, not so hot Johannesburg today. And guess what? The tech business is humming. There's lots and lots of action, not only internationally, having just got back from Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, where there is no question. Um, finally, we're seeing the, the, the first shoots of spring with regard to our economy and business in South Africa, and hopefully things will continue to get better. But for the last few years, the tech scene, well, the business scene in general, and the economies of the Western world, the Northern Hemisphere, the East, have definitely been on the up and up. And it's reflected in no, well, it's best reflected, if I must say, in the mobile and the technology space. There's been more new product, more innovation, more um Activity around mergers, more startups, more app guys trying to make things than I've ever seen. And the last few shows that I've been have really been chock full of just so many things and so many different activities and so many different apps and so many different platforms and systems and everything is AI at the moment. So everything is getting smarter and smarter and it just actually becomes completely and utterly overwhelming and trying to figure out what the next big thing is, what the next trend is, how we're going to change, how life is going to change. Having a conversation this morning about, you know, how people behave on the internet with a a friend of mine is, is fascinating to see that You know, we all used to have big computers and we went to surf the web. It was like something you did because it's something you felt that you had to stay in touch with certain information or you used it as an information source. You went out there, you looked for something specific, you found it, you picked up the phone, you made a phone call. Now it's all instant. Click on it, send a message, um, send a text, send a WhatsApp I mean, phone calls are almost passe. Who makes a phone call? And I mean, when last did you actually listen to a voicemail? That's another thing that the younger guys and and people who are very tech-savvy hardly ever do. I mean, why send a voicemail? Send a text message. Send a a voice note. There's so many different ways of doing it through the various platforms. Actually, that's a good question. I'm going to speak to the networks, ask them how well their voicemail platforms are doing and whether they've seen any decline in the number of voicemails sent and received. So really interesting stuff. But this week has been a big week for technology, certainly for mobile technology in South Africa. And um, the last two days, Tuesday and Wednesday, the government uh, and the Department of of Communications set up a uh, workshop to speak to the market, speak to all the various players in the market. And it was specifically with regard to this new telecommunications white paper that was mooted and and basically uh, trying to go into law right now. And we're sitting in a situation where the government essentially wants to try to force ECASA to do things, and ECASA is the telecommunications regulator. They're the guys who monitor the licenses. They're the guys who give the licenses. Theoretically, they're the guys who keep control of the market and see what's going on. They're trying to get them to do stuff that potentially um, is outside of their their sort of ambit, like, for example, telling the operators that they cannot make data expire for up to three years, and that's a whole other discussion for another time. But essentially, the big, big elephant in the room right now with communications, and this is something that has the potential to seriously affect you, me, and absolutely anybody who's got a smartphone, anyone who's got a cell phone for that matter, and anyone who uses the internet. So it was really a big week, and all the big players, including people like Facebook, came out to urge the government to have another solid relook at this white paper. The The key tenant of the white paper is Well, there are two things that are hugely controversial. The first one is Spectrum. Spectrum that the government um, has sold and effectively licensed the operators to use for the past 15, 20 years um, could potentially be taken back and given to the next hugely contentious issue. And that is the so-called WOAN, which is uh, the acronym drives me mad. I don't really remember exactly what it is, but essentially – It is a monopoly network owned by all the various 
operators, but sort of overseen and controlled by the government. Now, I don't know if anyone remembers, but the days when telecom were the only game in town, we certainly didn't have the lowest cost. We certainly didn't have the best service. And I mean, telecom became the company that everyone absolutely loved to hate because you had no option. You couldn't go anywhere else. If you want to make a phone call, you had to use telecom. If you want to use the internet, you had to use telecom. And uh, basically, they could do what they wanted, and you took what they gave you. Now, imagine after all these years of choice and ability to, if you don't like Vodacom, go to MTN. If you don't like MTN, go to Celsius. You don't like Celsius, you can even go back to telecom. There's just lots of options, and the competition has made South Africa's mobile telecommunication space one of the most competitive, maybe not the lowest cost, but certainly one of the most competitive, and and I know I'm going to have lots of people complaining and saying I talk nonsense, but I believe one of the highest qualities in the world, never mind the best in Africa, our data services, our LTE networks, um, our general data and voice networks are definitely some of the best in Africa. And I must say, having been around the world quite a bit, traveled, used phones in places like Germany, in the east, England, France, Spain. I must say, Spain's networks are pretty good. But generally, I would say that we have world competitive networks. And all of this has happened without the government being directly involved. They haven't set up anything. They haven't got involved. They've facilitated uh, an environment where there's been tons of competition. And it's worked unbelievably well. We have 98% cell phone coverage across the the, uh, the country. In some places, we've got 75% LTE coverage, and there's hardly a spot in the country you cannot go to with the various roaming agreements. So if you're on Cell C and you land up in Blickies, Duren, Bossifontein, or out in the bush somewhere, you tend to pick up the Vodacom signal, and it works. So really, a highly effective industry, one that's been, I, I reckon, fairly well regulated, is in massive danger. So they all were out there all of them, the only people who are keen on this sort of Wohan type idea was Telcom, interestingly enough, um, and uh, Celsi, which makes no sense. But anyway, everybody else has really urged the government to relook at the whole thing. And let's hope with a whole new change that we've had, with a whole new um, environment that exists, that um, we will get a good solid look at this because this type of thing has not worked anywhere in the world. They've tried it in Mexico. They've been trying it for a few years. It just has failed dramatically. Um, they've tried it in, in Rwanda. It hasn't really taken off. It's just absolutely um, ridiculous that they're trying to force something into being which just has no commercial and uh, reality and no ability to really do anything else. So, in truth, monopolies tend to be inefficient. They tend to be slow. And in technology, when things are moving so fast where you can't even begin to to understand what's coming tomorrow, never mind next week or next year, um, it's just really not a, a, a story that I believe is going to end well. Apart from the fact that taking Spectrum back from companies that have spent hundreds of billions of rands on infrastructure, putting up towers, putting up masts, setting up the back-end systems and everything else that goes with it, and saying terribly sorry, we're now going to give this to another entity. It's essentially theft, and I can't see how that's going to go. The problem is it affects investment. It stops us moving on to the next big thing, which is 5G, because the networks, if they don't get the spectrum, they don't get the clarity on how to proceed, are not going to spend the money. And we could easily easily slip behind every other country in the world as they move ahead and develop out all the new generation networks that are a huge, huge benefit to um, all of us. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little while. We're just going to have a quick break for um, an advert, and then I'll be back with more fun things. Let's let's move away from the havoc of, of government interference in a really, really well-sorted industry. <laughs> Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose, 11 to 12 p.m., only on 101.9 IFM. Now, moving on to something a lot more fun and a lot more positive. Well, guess what landed in my inbox this week? An invite to a press conference by Spotify. And that's next week, Tuesday, right here in Johannesburg. And they said they will tell us a little bit more about what they're announcing. Well, it's... 
probably the worst kept secret in the whole universe. Spotify, um, just to give you a little bit of um, context, was one of the first and is definitely one of the largest streaming music companies in the world. And it has been pretty inexplicable in this world of always on connected that they have not come to South Africa up to now. They've got 170 million users globally. They are listing fairly soon, turning their geek owner into a multi-billionaire. And essentially, they were the the forerunners, the, the the people that transformed the music industry. The days of buying CDs, buying records, buying tapes, buying anything physical for that matter, is long gone. It's really, you can hardly find players for any of those mediums anymore unless you're a real high-end geek and you want to spend ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 on a fancy turntable to play some specially created, you know, low-volume vinyl, which sounds amazing. I cannot disagree. But the fact is consuming music has become something that you do on your phone, through a pair of headbuds, in your car, through the TV. There's just so many different ways of playing music and streaming services, the ability to have access to 30 plus million tracks, any genre, any music, tons of local content. Um, Little labels can self-publish. Never before in the world has it been this possible to to create music and share that music with your your followers, your fans, or just the world in general than it is right now. And we have Spotify to thank. And I mean, they generated a huge amount. I mean, there's local guys called Jukes, which you may or may not have heard of, really trying hard. But Deezer have done really well in South Africa. Their pricing is good. Obviously, the big daddy in the room is, um, well, not really the big daddy. They try to be the big daddy. But Apple Music is big. It's available on Android. It's available on on your iPhone. Um, And it's really well integrated into all sorts of Apple stuff. And is doing quite well in South Africa. It's available locally. Lots of local content, well curated. The benefit of Apple Music is they say it's curated by humans. They've got specialists who come up with playlists and recommendations. Um, And just generally, the the market has become pretty well saturated. Um, my favorite title, uh, which is an American ultra-high resolution streaming service, is now available in South Africa at really quite a competitive price, well below the $10 that you have to pay in the rest of the world. That's about 140, 150 rand. You can get it for 120 rand in South Africa. So the music streaming business has definitely become bigger and bigger and there's almost no reason to own music or to buy music anymore because for a a nominal subscription less than the cost of a cd less than the cost of any form of physical media you can have access to enormous playlists of music the danger or the problem with all of that is how do you choose what do you know and this is where spotify has always been unbelievably good their curation their 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 lists every monday you get a playlist of the week every friday you get a weekend playlist it is just one of the finest and best curated um streaming services on the market and definitely available on tons of things lots of home audio av systems have spotify built in a lot of TVs, smart TVs, have Spotify the app built in. And it's really been a bit of a challenge. I know tons of guys in South Africa that use little VPNs to tell Spotify they belong in the USA, buy Spotify cards, and use Spotify um, in South Africa, which if you're a, a Spotify premium subscriber, you can use it internationally for any amount of time. But um, it, it wasn't ideal. There were lots of local services at good prices, around about 60, 70 rand. And now Spotify are coming to the country. And I think they will probably do quite well. They've got great brand awareness. And as I said, their, their curation and their ability to surface new music, music that you may like or may not like, but their algorithms and the way they do it seem to be really spot on. I mean, often the playlists show me stuff I've never heard of and yet really does suit my taste. So really, really interesting. So stay tuned. Next Tuesday, they're launching in South Africa with all the prices. I suspect they're going to be in the 60 to 80 rand range, depending 
uh, on, on how they want to play it. But to compete with all the other guys, they're going to have to be for a single user around about 60 rand and for a family somewhere between 80 and 90 rand. Right now, that costs $10 in the U.S., up to $15 for a family plan. But I think it's definitely going to um, be, be competitive with the other guys. And it just will be very, very interesting to see how they differentiate what they do, what their commitment in, in the country is. But I think it's a great thing. It just brings more, um, more competition, brings more options, and certainly – as the cost of data goes down, hopefully Telcom's lit service will include Spotify then um, because right now on the lit service, may or may not remember, I mentioned this, if you buy lit data through uh, Telcom Mobile or you have a contract with lit, all their contracts have lit anything from one meg and above, one gig and above, um, you get free streaming of um, Google Play Music and um, Apple Apple Music. So it doesn't cost you. You don't pay for the data, which makes things a lot easier. So you can do it in your car. You can play it at work. You can keep it going all day and you don't pay anything for the data. They do have a fair use policy, but it's it's so high that the chances of you using 10 gigs of music, unless you're using something like Tidal, every month is probably quite a small one. So stay tuned for that. I think it's going to be quite a big deal. And um, we're going to see Spotify finally come to South Africa officially, and uh, let's stay tuned and see where they go. And now, talking about another streaming service before we, you know, take another quick break and then move into Tech Talk Cafe, where I want to talk about all the phones of mobile world because it's the time of the year when people start asking, what should I do? Should I upgrade, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, Netflix sent me some interesting new news and something that I remember reading the books. Um, it was called Lost in Space. And Lost in Space, I'm a big science fiction fan, um, and I really remember reading these books many, many years ago. It was an original series back in the 1960s, and it was about this family that got lost in space, and it was set 30 years in the future. Now, think about it. In the 60s, they thought by 1990, we'd all be floating around in flying cars and uh, colonizing the, the the world. But anyway, um, and the, and it's all about the Robertson family who decided to make a better life for themselves on a new world. And they get lost in space and all the things that happen. Now, just as a cool little aside, what uh, Netflix did is they sent the the um, pilot episode to the space station for the um, for the astronauts up there in the space station to view. But it will be out in, in on, on Netflix fairly soon. I'm just trying to forgot to actually put a note of when but it will be out very 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 soon and um, it's got some really good actors and apparently I've looked at the the trailer it's brilliant it's just something that's right up my alley and they've done a really good job at keeping it very current but retain that sort of feel of of the newness of being out in the out in in space so stay tuned i think that'll be really really interesting you know make a note and in a couple of weeks we're going to see lost in space from netflix and on that note we're going to have a quick break for our uh, sponsors and then we'll be back with a little bit of chatter about all the new smartphones that were released at mobile world congress with Stephen ambrose well, hi there, and welcome back. And interestingly, we're now talking about mobile phones. We're talking about what I saw at MWC. I've had the, the benefit of playing with quite a few of them, spending a little bit of time, just getting to grips with what's new, what's great, what's, what's, what's changed. And um, it was not a very big mobile phone launch MWC. Traditionally, Five or six different handsets from different manufacturers or flagship handsets from different manufacturers are launched at Mobile World Congress. And uh, this time it was actually only three major launches that are worth talking about in South Africa and one product refresh from LG. So the big the big launch, as uh, you know, we shared last week, was obviously Samsung with their new Galaxy S9 and S9 Plus. And I was able, fortunately... Uh, more as the show got on uh, in the beginning you couldn't get near the tables i was able to spend some time with the s9 the s9 plus and just to get a sense of where these phones are going and what's new what's changed 
what's worth looking for. Now, the good news with the, the Samsung, the typical Samsung slickness, the launch was super slick. They announced that pre-orders have opened across the world pretty much, and certainly in South Africa, pre-ordering of the S9 and S9 Plus has opened. Um, and the pricing, unfortunately, is high. There's no question that Apple has set a trend with the Apple 10 um, being the most expensive smartphone for a very short while until Huawei launched their Porsche version of the Mate 10 at three or 4,000 Rand more than the iPhone 10. Um, cell phone prices have jumped enormously. Great for the companies. They're making good profits. People don't seem to be stopping to buy cell phones because amortized over a 24-month period, the increase is not the end of the world, but it does add a couple of hundred rands a month to your to your contract. Well, the S9 and the S9 Plus are um, fairly highly priced, somewhere in the 15 to 18,000 rand range, depending on which one you get. But more importantly, what Samsung have done for the first time in quite a while is that they've essentially retained the form factor of the S8 series. So if you put an S8 and an S9 to side by side, uh, face up, and no nothing on, you'll probably not be able to pick up the difference. Now, a lot of the press, a lot of people are a little bit disappointed by that. In many cases, we're moving into a world where smartphones have become pretty mature. How much more can you do? Samsung broke ground with the S8. They came out with what they called the Infinity Display. The, the screen curved around the edges. There were hardly any bezels, tiny bezels, top and bottom. iPhone 10 came out with their no bezels, introduced something called the notch. And that's another story. Saw tons of Android-based phones with notches. For whatever reason, I have no idea. But, um, you know, when uh, when the le- the market leader sets a trend, uh, certainly everyone follows. And the same thing goes with uh, Samsung and their Infinity Display. There were no end of knockoff phones with Infinity-type displays, minimal bezel- bezels, 18 by 9 that's slightly taller, slightly thinner than the older phones. Um, form factor. So definitely those seem to be the two big trends. But the S9 and the S9 Plus essentially took the internals of the phone, brought it right up to date using their latest Exynos, which is a Samsung processor, which is the one we'll get in South Africa and most of Europe. And for licensing reasons, the Qualcomm 845, which is their latest um, Snapdragon processor inside, unbelievably quick Super, super smooth. Every phone that I tried using these new processors really, really shined. They were so fast, so fluid, so snappy in every single respect. So the the, the processor, without going into a whole lot of um, detail, has definitely taken a huge step forward. Not to say that 2017 Snapdragon 835 level processor is slow. It's not. If you've got an S8, you've got any 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 phone based on that generation of processor you're certainly not going to notice any lag but there is a distinct improvement moving across to the s9 what samsung did because they haven't changed the form factor they've improved the screen slightly it's slightly brighter slightly i wouldn't it's not sharper same resolution but they've made a little bit brighter the colors seem to be a little bit more accurate Um, and overall just a, a more pleasant looking screen is they've put enormous focus on software and the camera They've got a really smart camera, which is the dual aperture. In other words, the camera and with a with a, an a f-stop of 1.5. Now, what that means is the amount of light that can come into the camera for low-level photography is just a lot more. The current sort of other best is around about 1.7. So it's significantly better. And at the same time, what can happen if you've got a very big aperture is that you land up with very sensitive sensors, you land up with overexposed pictures, too much light, and the camera can't deal with it. So they created something called a variable iris, something that changes um, with light. So when when the light is very bright, it gets very small, just like the human eye, lets in less light. And when the light is very dim, it opens up wide to let even more light in. Really clever. And the, and the amount of pictures I could take, I mean, remember I was in a, a hall, I haven't had a chance to get one. They say I should get one in the next week or so to play with. Um, it's definitely a huge improvement in camera. Um, big, big, big difference on the S9. And the S9 now plus gets the dual cameras like we saw on the Note 8. Um, and that gives 
couple more options, certainly better with a wide angle, um, allows a lot more features in terms of the bokeh sort of effect where you can blur the background, keep the foreground sharp. So really a lot of work on the camera and the software that goes with the camera. They've got animated em- and emojis or emojis or whatever you want. It takes your face, creates an emoji, some really cool effects around that. Good fun, good fun to send to your friends. Not earth-shattering, but certainly smart, smart, smart technology. And what I can say that from an Android point of view, the Galaxy S9 and S9 Plus are definitely some of the finest Android phones that I've used. The cameras are exceptional, probably some of the best out there. Um, The screens are excellent, ultra-high resolution, edge-to-edge, super sharp and bright. And in many ways, the S9 is a worthy successor to the S8. The fly in the ointment for me is that it is not remarkably better. In other words, if you have an S8, to spend a lot of money, if you're still in contract, to get an S9 – will give you an initial rush of, oh, what fun, but it's not a huge, huge radical upgrade like from the S7 to the S8 series. Um, so perhaps the maturity of the ecosystem, just like with Apple when they went from the 8, the 7 to the, the 8, which was more of a 7S, if you were on a 7, was it worth going to an 8? Probably not. Um, the 10 is a different story, but there was a massive price difference in that. Going from an S8 to an S9, if you've just bought an S8 in the last year, is probably not uh, the best thing that you could do. Possibly wait till the S10 comes out for a significant upgrade. But if you're in any generation of Samsung phone below the S8, it is a huge jump up to one of the finest devices on the market. And, uh, you know, I certainly will spend more time with it when I get a chance and see what the nuances are. But my initial impressions are this is a significantly good device, the S9 being smaller, that's the 5.7-inch, as opposed to a 6.2-inch on the S9+. Plus. It's quite a big phone, but because no bezels, it's quite handy. You can use it. Um, so stay tuned, but I, right now I give an unqualified Thumbs up to the Galaxy S9 and S9 Plus. They really are top-notch phones and will make any Samsung fan super, super, super happy. The other phone that I spent quite a bit of time with and I was very, very impressed was the new Sony Xperia XZ2 and XZ2 Compact. Now, they've gone the other way around. They don't have a 6-inch phone or thereabouts and a 6.2 sort of plus version. They have a minus version. They call it the Compact. And what they, what Sony has always done, and I, I must say that having spoken to a lot of people, certainly people with small hands like women, um, people who just don't want a massive phone that you cannot put in your pocket, a high-end five-inch screen certainly seems to make a lot of sense. So I'll talk about the Compact first. The Compact is the latest version of Sony's or latest vision of Sony's phone. It's a five-inch high-end screen and quite an amazing screen at that. It does HDR. It also has amazing colors. Sony have always done unbelievable quality screens. It is also using the new form factor. It's an 18 by 9 type form factor, very small bezels, not quite as small as the infinity edge of the, the Samsungs and other bezel-less type phones, but certainly they've modified and modernized the look considerably. They've also given it a very nice curved back, um, all in really sort of iridescent colors. So it's a very pretty, elegant, smooth, if a little bit bland-looking phone. It's, again, quite hard to take a, a glass and aluminum slab and make it look different. But they've certainly changed the look and feel. It's still distinctly Sony with all the little touches that Sony always throw at their equipment. But the Compact is very easy to put in your pocket. The resolution of the screen is outstanding. You can easily watch YouTube videos, play games, but it's a 5-inch screen. Same process of the new Snapdragon 845 in the XZ2 and the XZ2 Compact. So it's super fast. Sony's interface is interesting. It's got a couple of tweaks and fiddles, which I'm not entirely comfortable with, but I haven't spent a huge amount of time. But it's pretty clean works with Android really well. The latest version of Android 8, I didn't mention that. Android 8 is on all the top-end phones that are, are available now. And Android 8 brings a couple of benefits. One, 
much better battery management. It's certainly slicker, smoother, more fluid, a lot less troublesome in many respects. I must say a couple of apps struggled, but generally Android 8 is a big improvement and let's hope all the 2017 phones that are running Android 7 um, are going to be upgraded quite soon. Come on, manufacturers, please listen to this show and do so. Um, but anyway, back to the, the, the Sony Xperia. Sony also make most of the cameras for most of the phones in the world. And um, that being said, they've always retained probably the best one for their own phones. And unfortunately, in some respects over the years, despite um, having the best sensors on the planet, they haven't always turned out the best results, which just goes to show that the amount of technology in the software that Samsung and Apple and others have used to come up with really outstanding cameras um, perhaps plays a bigger part than simply having a really good sensor. Yet, that being said, the new XZ2 and compact cameras on 19 megapixel Sony cameras, they've enhanced their slow motion uh, feature, which something Samsung also brought to their phone, didn't mention that, but really cool. Six seconds of ultra, nine, ultra slow motion, 960 frames per second. So you can do those professional movie effects where you can slow down a drop of water to the point where you can actually see it hit something and split apart. It's quite amazing. Once you've tried it, and I tried a few things, it's just absolutely fantastic. It's great for sending things to your friends, great for Facebook. It's just unbelievable. What Sony have done, they introduced it last year. They were the first, um, is they've improved it even more. Right now, both on the, the, the previous generation and on the Samsungs, it you can only do that at, at, at HD resolution, at 720p. Well, you can now do it at full HD resolution on um, on the new Sony uh, XZ range, but they have had to limit it to three seconds worth of that at full resolution, simply because the amount of data and the amount of manipulation that goes on to do it. But still, super, super impressive. The other thing that I really enjoyed about the Sony, the Sony Xperia XZ2 and XZ2 Compact, and we'll move to the XZ2, which has got a six-inch screen, also pretty bezel-less, smooth, sleek, curved back, slightly thinner than the XZ2 Compact. Um, and again, it has... One thing that I really enjoy, both of them have a camera shutter button. In other words, you don't have to push the on-screen uh, take a picture button. You can actually push a physical camera button on the side of the phone, which makes life so much easier. And it has one quick trick. If the phone's off and you push the button, within a very, very quick way, you can take a picture. How often have you taken a camera out of your pocket, had to unlock it, open the camera app? There are quick ways to do that or swipe up from the lock screen and, and it should open the camera. But here you just take the phone, hold the button down, and you can take a picture really quickly, which is really cool. In every other respect, this phone, it's got wireless charging, it's waterproof. All the flagships have the same sort of basic um, stuff. They're all waterproof. They all have wireless charging, um, except for the Mate 10 Pro, which is quite an odd omission. But essentially, all the 2018 releases now have all those sort of features. They all have the latest radios. They'll all pretty much work anywhere in the world. And what's starting to differentiate them are these little things like um, the cameras. And Sony introduced something which I'm not entirely convinced of, but I did, again, need to spend some more time, is they've introduced a much more advanced haptic feedback engine. And what they've allowed it to do, if you play music, um, it, it vibrates in turn in in tune with the music and you can make the vibration stronger or weaker and it sort of brings a little bit of buzzing to your pocket in time to the music now that is great if you're watching a movie or you're watching a music video or it really worked extremely well with games it certainly added another dimension as you tilted the thing to drive a car it vibrated appropriately left right it was just quite amazing how well they got it sorted and it added another dimension to the to the um to the gameplay but if you're listening to music over bluetooth headphones normal headphones put the phone in your pocket and it's in vibration mode it's pretty weird you've got this thing buzzing in your pocket in time to the music wasn't entirely convinced but it was probably one of the only really new features that was introduced to phones in at world mobile and i think it's a it's a good shot in fact in the interviews i had with some of the sony um guys who developed and, and, and helped set the strategy around their phone. They believe that entertainment 
is front and center. The same as Samsung made the camera front and center. Sony have said that they're going one step further. The camera is top-notch, needs to be great. The screen's top-notch, needs to be great. But everything needs to be focused on the experience of entertainment and enjoying consumption of media through your device. And and they seem to, the research that they've done, they seem to feel that people are doing more and more of this on their mobile phones. And they're trying to make it as seamless and as high quality as possible. So you can take 4K HDR video, you can watch HDR, which is high dynamic range video, on the phone itself, Netflix, um, and and certainly a couple of the other guys, Amazon, are streaming movies and music videos in HDR, which really does make it pop. It comes out of the screen. It's brilliant to the quality. So I think this is a serious range from Sony. I think it's very competitive in terms of technology. Obviously, it doesn't have the clout of the big boys, Samsung and and um, Apple, with regard to you know being the flagship phones, but Great Sony quality, great screens, incredible cameras, very fast internals, and overall just a really interesting and excellent um, experience. And I can see our time's running out, so I'm going to have to move on quite quickly. I did speak a lot about Nokia last last week, but Nokia really are trying extremely hard. And from nowhere in a year, they have really created quite a buzz. And obviously the biggest buzz was the return of the Nokia 8110, which is the banana phone. And they had it in yellow and they had it in um, in a lovely sort of very neutral black. But the yellow stole the show. And in fact, even though it's it's said to be a feature phone, it had a fairly semi-smart operating system that allowed a lot of Google services. So you could browse the web, you could use Google Messenger, you could use... Um, Facebook. There were a whole lot of other sort of smart features that you could use. The one thing that was omitted, which I think is a huge problem, is WhatsApp. But apparently that may come down the road. But on the other end of the scale, they launched a flagship, the the Nokia 8 Sirocco, which is a right up-to-date flagship phone. Unfortunately, from the perspective of top-end phones, um, it's only using last year's 835 processor, not this year's 845 processor. But still, outstanding camera with Zeiss, uh, a P OLED screen from, from LG, which brings their screens. The last P8 had, I was a little disappointed in the screen. It had everything you needed from a flagship phone, but the screen wasn't great. Well, this screen is outstanding. It's certainly right up there with the best screens out there. A solid stainless steel frame. Brilliant form factor. Again, the 16 by 9 narrow form factor. So um, we definitely are seeing uh, Nokia come back. Watch the space. There's apparently the rumor of a Nokia 9 coming shortly. But the Nokia range will be available in South Africa again from April. Um, the Sony range will be available in South Africa from May. And uh, the Samsung Galaxy 9 and 9, A, uh, 9 Plus will be available in one week, I think, the 16th of March, they will be available next Friday. So all these phones are coming to South Africa. They're all incredibly competitive in terms of tech features, but they're very different in character. They all have a, such a different feel, such a different look, such a different um, way that they operate. So I believe that we we sort of hitting a sort of parity. There's no absolute one best phone that's best at everything you should go and look you should go and feel if you like a brand if you always use samsung great great phone to stay with and the same goes for sony the same goes for nokia nokia is a interesting thing because they haven't played in the space and certainly the android space for many many years but now they're certainly doing a great job so we'll be back straight after this and I'll just wrap up with the last refreshed phone that I saw that's the LG V30 S. And um, then we're going to be talking about accessories and a couple of other gizmos and gadgets uh, before we end the show. Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose, 11 to 12 p.m., only on 101.9 IFM. Welcome back and stay tuned because I've got a couple of things coming this uh, this hour. I have got compliments of the um, boys at uh, the core group, a Moshi iGlaze Pro th- Pro 15 cover for a MacBook Pro 15-inch, the new version, the late 2016. It's worth uh, quite a few hundred rand. And I've got one to give away free to one of the lucky listeners here 
at Hi FM. You're just going to have to SMS your name and Moshi to um, our uh, studio number, which has disappeared. What is the SMS number here, Craig? Oh, it fell off the wall, so I can't remember the SMS number. But I will give it to you in the next few minutes. And uh, send me a quick SMS with uh, the word Moshi, your phone number. Obviously, that's in the SMS, and your um, and your name. And you might be the lucky owner of a brilliant new cover for uh, your MacBook Pro 15-inch. But we'll get back to that in one second. The last interesting device, and it's certainly one of my favorite devices for a couple of reasons on the market right now and that is the LG V30. LG have done some interesting things or rather not done some interesting things. Last year they released the S um the LG G6 and they were set to release the LG G7 this year which they delayed because they felt they needed to have a complete relook at their smartphone um strategy and come up with a new way of uh, of competing in a really hectically uh, overtraded and mature market. But what they did at World Mobile is release what they call the V30S with um, their Think, Think Q. It's not Think with a K, it's Think with a Q platform. At um, CES, they launched Think, which is in their new TVs, across a whole range of their connected everything, uh, you know, their connected home appliances, connected TVs. They're now introducing it into the V30S. They've upped the memory a bit. They've improved the camera considerably, added some AI features so the camera now automatically recognizes what it's taking pictures of, optimizes the picture. So in general, they took a really top-end phone, moved it up, increased the memory a little bit. Um, It should be available in the country in the next month or two. But essentially, they did not change the form factor. And I don't think that they really needed to. The V30 is certainly one of the nicest smartphones on the market. It It has really good battery life. And it's the lightest smartphone I've ever used. And I must say, one of the hardiest. It's got a special H frame, which they talked about right in the beginning, and they didn't market much out of it. But I've dropped this thing on its edge, on its face. It's bounced down two flights of stairs and survived um, with minor, minor scuffs. So it's really an incredibly well-built phone with a bezel-less screen, plastic OLED, P-OLED, which is outstanding. The only thing I will say from the, the OLED is that off when you angle it away from you, it goes a little bit blue. But other than that, unbelievably good quality screen. And the one standout feature, which for me sets it above every other smartphone on the market, though the Sony does also incorporate some high-end audio, and that is the audio subsystem with quad decks. And with good set of uh, wired headphones, this phone just sounds absolutely unbelievable. So any audio file out there, you want a superb-sounding phone, the LG V30, and now the new LG V30S with, um, with its smart think features, um, certainly is still well worth looking at. And I think the price right now is going to be very competitive with the other 2018 flagship. So uh, it was it was a disappointing they didn't bring a new one, but I think they really have done uh, a great job with the V30. It only came out in September last year, so it's not exactly an old phone. But the technology built in is still cutting edge. The camera is outstanding. The new Think uh, features are smart and pretty useful, and overall, it's just such a seriously decent phone to use in every respect. Well built. I mean, I do struggle with it to find covers; they're not too many floating around. But um, other than that, uh, interesting to see what LG have got at their sleeves coming a little bit forward. But now on to our Moshi accessory giveaway: the iGlaze Pros Pro 15. All you have to do is SMS your name and the word Moshi, M-O-S-H-I, to 34519. And uh, one of you will be the lucky owner of this Moshi Pro 15 iGlaze cover. And it's a very, very nice quality, ultra-thin clip-on cover for your beautiful aluminium. Late 2016 and onwards, or mid, I think it was around about September 2016, they released this latest version. So this is for the latest version of the MacBook Pro 15. Um, and it really does. I've been using one of these and a similar one for a long time on my MacBook Pro. It keeps it 
modern. It keeps it clean. It looks cool. It's just a, a, it's a winner. So remember, just SMS 34519 and the word Moshi, M-O-S-H-I, and you could be the lucky winner. And I've been playing with a whole range of the Moshi accessories. First and foremost, the iGlaze Pro cover for my MacBook Pro, which is, is great. It clips on. It feels solid. It's not slippery. And it definitely stops scuffs and scratches and the odd unfortunate drop where you slips out of your hand and bounces off the edge and aluminium as beautiful as it is is a little bit prone to to being dented it's solid so you know it doesn't break but it's always great to keep it nice and clean the other thing that i uh, i tried of theirs which really worked amazingly well is their new screen protector range now the mac um iPads, iPad Pros are becoming quite ubiquitous. The only problem I have on the iPad, the iPad 9.7 that I have right now, is that for some reason it came, they removed the anti-reflection surface coating for whatever reason, whether it was a price thing, I don't know, but they did. And the net effect of that is that the screen is very glossy and very reflective. Well, this new iVisor AG screen protector which is pretty reasonable i think with 399 um is matte it has a really nice feel it fits the 9.7 ipad and the, and the ipad pro it's got all the cutouts for it and it cuts reflections enormously it protects the screen against scratches and scuffs um, and has a really lovely feel goes on really easily no bubbles no scratches it just was such a simple addition and it made such a huge difference to the screen it seemed to actually enhance colors because you haven't got reflections so if you're looking for a really good quality screen protector for your ipad i would highly recommend the moshi range i mean very very impressed with the quality and apparently i haven't tried it you can wash it and reapply it so when it gets dirty or grubby you can reapply it, and on the iPad Pro, it works perfectly with the iPad pencil, with the with the Apple Pencil. I've tried it; it's really pretty impressive, and I've been uh, very, very impressed with the quality of the of the the screen protector. And apparently, that you know, well, apparently, I do know they make a whole range for various all the iPads, um, all the iPhones. So, if you're looking for a decent quality, well priced, um, easy to use screen protector range as well as they've got covers they've got a whole moshi has got some amazing stuff they've got some incredible backpacks i must admit as well um, go to the iStore uh, across the country and have a look they're well priced very nice quality great uh, you know easy to use easy to install easy to to stick on i was just really really impressed with that range and in fact um, i spent a lot of time this week i went to the launch of a whole another range of accessories and covers and 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 screen protectors which i'll talk about next week because i've run out of time here really quickly but i do want to before we end the show i want to mention something else um well i've just been told we have a quick ad break and then i'll come back with the relaunch of the yellow pages which was really really interesting so uh, we'll be back straight after this Hi, with Stephen ambrose well, welcome back. And yesterday I attended the relaunch of something that we all remember from many, many years back. In fact, it's a 65-year-old company, and that was the Yellow Pages. If you needed anything to do with small business or business in South Africa before the Internet, what did you do? You opened the Yellow Pages. You looked for plumbers. You looked for shop fitters you looked for tailors you looked for whatever it want whatever service or whatever product you wanted and you used the yellow pages to find them in your area now every city had its own yellow pages but then along came this thing called the internet and for many it probably didn't happen overnight but i'm sure you noticed they used to deliver these big books of paper every year and it just got thinner and thinner and thinner and essentially became pretty much irrelevant. The day of the yellow pages as we knew it had really come to the end. And Trudon, that's the company that owns the yellow pages, you know, realized that they had to do something. They had to change uh, their, their game a little to bring it right up into the, the new age. 
And what they did at the launch yesterday is they've retained the name. It's still going to be called the Yellow Pages, but they've completely changed the brand. They've completely changed the look. And it's actually very interesting. What they're saying is that search is one thing, but finding is a completely different thing. And I think that's actually very, very clever. It's one thing to search for something because you go to Google, you search for plumbers near me. Google does a great job. They've got the on the maps, it's got a lot of local stuff. Tons of local things come up. Um, and there's no question that you can pretty much find anything you want when you search. But finding uh, is, a, is a different concept. So what uh, the Yellow Pages has done, and it's well worth trying it out. Go to the Apple Apple um, App Store, go to the Play Store on Google, and download the new Yellow Pages app. Apparently, the I haven't tried the um, iPhone version yet because they said it was only coming out today. But the um, the Yellow Pages app um, is now available. It's really fast on um, on on Android and Apple. And what it does, it has uses all the latest technology, so it geolocates you whatever wherever you are. You can say. The first thing that comes up, it says, find a service, looking for plumbing, man, plumbing, handyman, cleaning, whatever. And there are full-on little adverts um, for all the people. Now, remember, that's what Yellow Pages did. They sold advertising. They asked you to pay to be listed in the Yellow Pages so you could be found. And um, they do an amazing job. But what they've done in the app to bring it right up to date is that when you pick someone, you can chat with them directly through the app. You can sign up. You can advertise your business through the app. And it is really local. And you can also, um, which I think is brilliant, you can rate the service of the people that you use. So if you use someone and he's absolutely brilliant, you can actually rate it on the on the app and let other people know how much you want to use it. It's slick. It's smooth. A little bit of time that I've had to play with it has been uh, really, I think they've done an amazing job. It's very easy. You open up a business. It says send them a message. Up pops a very simple um uh, message interface you can send them a message and they actually monitor to see how quickly these people respond and it's in their interest to respond and so far so good uh, tons and tons of people they reckon they're going to have a hundred thousand people advertising very shortly so right up to date right uh, using all the smartphone features location and everything mapping and messaging um, and I think they've done a great job so maybe the yellow pages are coming back strong so they're not gone they're back on your smartphone and uh, suit, certainly much more local than a big service like Google. And on that note, I've been told I have to go. I can have to stop talking about tech right now. So you'll just have to come back next week, same time, same place. And um, there you go. We'll be uh, talking tech very shortly right here on High FM on Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose.